If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Curtis. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and joining me today for the very unenviable task of recapping that disaster of a game in Jacksonville on Saturday is my co-host, Curtis. You guys know I, I hate doing these shows after losses when the wounds are still oh so very fresh, but we're going to suck it up, and we're going to make it happen today. We're here for you guys. Fortunately, we do still win a lot more than we lose under Kirby Smart, so these type of shows are are very much the exception. But still, as much as I love doing this podcast, these episodes are tough to get through. So we'll make the most of it today. We'll do our best to get through this. But let's go ahead and rip that Band-Aid right off. Curtis, I don't know how much social media you took in after this loss or how many message boards you perused after the game. But just in case you missed it, people are not happy out there. And understandably so with with how we have fared in the two biggest games of the season. And now we sit here not in control of our own destiny in the SEC East after the Florida game for the first time in four seasons. This is new territory for us, at least over the past couple of seasons. Fans aren't happy. I'm not happy. I don't think you're happy. No one is happy right now. But but I, I, I still think there are certainly different shades of not happy. So kind of describe for us where your head is right now. How are you feeling about this program right now? Um, Right now, I just have pure disappointment in the ineptitude of our offense going back to last year. It's just it's frustrating to, to see how far our, our offense has gotten behind now. Um, You know, I still go back to where he hired Coley last year. Now you're seeing like where that has left us. Yeah, a lot of people point to the Justin Fields situation going back to 2018, and I get that. You guys know how I feel about that. I've I've made that clear. But I think, honestly, I I might argue that the Coley promotion was more unforgivable. I think you can at least argue. Like, there's a side to say, okay, here's why he went with Jake Fromm in 2018. You guys might not agree with that, but I think you can at least make a legitimate argument as to why Jake Fromm was the right guy in that season. But there's just no defense of the Coley promotion. I, I get he was going continuity. You have a junior quarterback who's probably returning for his final year and things have been rolling, so you want to keep that going. Sure, but you have to read the tea leaves, guys. Look at what's going on around the rest of the country. Look at how other teams are evolving offensively and where things are trending. And he, and he had a chance to go make a home run higher there. Bring in a guy like Todd Munkin. I don't know if Munkin was in the NFL, but I'm not saying Todd Munkin, but a guy like that, a guy that was going to put a more prolific offense out there. And, and um, we kind of wet the bed on that one. 
Uh, and that that I think was is the more unforgivable mistake than than uh, putting Jake Fromm out there in 2018. And I know some people disagree with me. Of course, I'd like to see Justin Fields out there in the red and black. Of course, I would. But the Coley thing, I just I can't really find any way to argue that that was the right decision. So yeah, the frustration going back to last year, this year, it's just it, it's on a loop now. The, this poor offensive play, this ineptitude. This I, 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 even just mediocrity. I mean, we're fine at times on offense, but even when we're we're even when our offense is functioning well, we're still mediocre. Like that's the best case scenario for us in the past two years is just mediocre. Like that's as good as it's gotten for us on offense, and we're kind of still in this constant loop of that. And at first, I, I mean, I've gone through all the stages of grief with it right now. I'm, I'm firmly in the acceptance stage. Are, are you there with me, Kerr? Like I know you're frustrated, but are you kind of just like, well, huh? Sigh. Here we are. I accept this. Like this is our lot in life. Are you there yeah, with because, me? Because I mean, we are who we are who we are with our quarterbacks, and I mean that's just the problem right now. I mean, you, what else yeah. do you expect? Yeah, I've gone through the anger. I've gone through the, the, the denial. I've gone through all of that. I'm just I'm I'm at the end of the tunnel now. I'm at, I'm at acceptance. I'm <laughs> I know this is this is what we've got right now. This is where we are, and I I and I know people are angry and fired up about it, and understandably so, guys. I'm not I'm not here to tell you how to feel. I get it. I, I get all the anger. I but I will say I'm not. I'm kind of numb. I'm not even really angry after that game. I just, and I probably should be, I feel like I should be like, I feel like there's something wrong with me. Like where are my emotions? I, guys, I don't know if you've picked up on this, like, but I'm a very passionate guy. I've been that way my entire life back in my playing days, coaching, all that stuff, watching Georgia, being a Georgia fan. Passion is just kind of the, the name of the game for me, but I don't, I don't feel it for me because I go through the range of emotions. I'm an emotional kind of guy. Uh, and I just don't feel, I'm kind of, I'm kind of numb. I think a big part of that for this game is that, after and Kurt, you and I were texting on Friday, and I, I had heard from a source here before, kind of hit the hit the news wires that Pickens wasn't going to play, and I and I texted you that, and uh, like when we were talking, Kurt, I think we were both in the same wavelength, right? Like once we felt once we heard Pickens was out, like did you think we had any chance in this game? Um, I didn't think we really had much of a chance. I mean, I thought Rosemi could step in and maybe make a play like he did, but especially once you lost him, you knew. Especially when all of a sudden you see we have walk-ons out there and Matt Landers, who was who was practically like a walk-on, then you knew we were in trouble. Yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of talked myself into, and I had this habit. I know, like when I break down the tape, I see I see all the flaws in the team that we're playing. I think guys, Florida's a flawed team. I know they beat us and they're better than us this year with, with how our offense is faring, but they still have flaws. And I see those flaws, and I see things that you can take advantage of and ways you can beat them. And so I, by the, you know, I came into last week thinking, man, after that Kentucky game, we're not going to win this game. Then you break down the tape, you watch a little bit more closely, and you're like, man, I think we can maybe win this game. You kind of talk yourself into, I mean, we have just better players. You talk yourself into it. And by the end of the week, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting saying, you know what? We might not cover, but we're going to win this game by a field goal. It'll be a close one. Kirby Smart out, coach Dan Mullen again, and and we'll be fine. Nope, that didn't happen. Um, and but once, but once, uh, and I knew we had injuries coming into, but once I, I heard that Pickens was out. I, my mind and say, I was like, we have no chance. It's done. It's over. It, it, we have no chances. Because even with, with Pickens in the game, you at least have a guy that can go up and get the football. You have a guy that can go make a play for you when you need a play to be made. And even if he's not making those plays, like he hadn't made a ton of them this year because he hadn't had the opportunities, but he's opening up room for other guys, a guy like Kyrus Jackson, Opera, like he did in the first half of the season. He had a nice touchdown catch this week too, I guess. But when Pickens was out, like I, we, we already operate on such razor thin margins offensively as it is. So once I heard that he was out, I'm just saying, I'm like, no chance, no chance. And I, and I say that because that's kind of explain where, where I am right now emotionally. When I had no expectations for us to win that game, I went to that game on Saturday, guys. I was dreading it. I went to the Georgia men's tennis match on Saturday. It, it, that was awesome. It was fun to watch. Now we had our two of our top three singles players out in that game. 
uh, or in that match. So that didn't help things. We played Florida, and it would have been a great match if it, if it weren't for those guys. But but by the way, Phil Henning did win, beat the guy who was t- who was number five in the country last year on on number one single. So that was that was the silver lining there. But I I was sitting there at the Dam and Gill Tennis Complex, just hoping that match wouldn't end because I was trying to delay the inevitable. I did not want to go home and watch that game. I did not want to watch. I mean, I'm, I, this is the first time I've been in Jacksonville, and I don't know how many years, but. I didn't want to go home and watch the game. I, I just wanted to delay it. I wanted that game, that match to last forever because I knew what was going to happen. And for me, honestly, I just felt like going into it, like it's just a matter of like how bad are we going to get beaten? Like, can we just keep it close and respectable, not embarrass ourselves? Like that was my hope going in. Can we just like not embarrass ourselves? So that's maybe that's why I'm a little numb right here. And I knew, well, I knew, I just knew what our offense is. I, I know what it is. I know what we have at quarterback, and I didn't expect like. I know we were kind of some people were hoping for a miracle and things like that happen sometimes, I guess. But I just. It wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to happen. So I'm kind of numb right now. I've, I've accepted this is where we are right now. It doesn't have to be where we're going to be forever. But right now, this season, it's just kind of who we are. It's where we are. And look, we probably, I mean, once we set some bit and became our starting quarterback, we all kind of, I think deep down, we realized that this wasn't a championship team. And maybe we had hoped that one of those other guys would develop. But that hasn't really happened to this point. And uh, with Stetson, a quarterback, love the guy. He's fiery. So feisty little competitor. Love everything about him. He's a great backup quarterback. But, I mean, you're not going to win a championship with him. He's just not a game-changing type player. It's not his fault. The guy plays as hard as he possibly can. He loves his program. I love him for it. But we, we just know what we had, and it wasn't going to be good enough. But So that's kind of where I am right now. I, I think I'm there with you, Curtis. I think a lot of fans – I know some fans are angry, and I get and I understand that. I have, I have been angry. I'm not angry after this one. I just – just where we are. I, I – I've been there. I just I've gotten past that at this point. But all right, I don't want to spend too much time dwelling on this on the specifics of this game, Curtis, because I don't like who who what good is that doing anyone? Like we all saw it, we all know what happened. I want to spend more time looking at the big picture today, but I, I do want to take at least a few minutes to look back at this game and kind of make sense of what happened on Saturday against Florida. Uh, Curtis, I, 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 like we said, I, I know like when we were Pickens was going to be out, I, I lost all hope for this game. I think you were kind of in the same boat as me as, as we were talking on Friday. So, again, I went into this game fully expecting to lose, just thinking like, hey, it's just a matter of how ugly it's going to get with all the injuries, all, all of our offensive deficiencies in general. But then somehow we jump out of this 14 nothing lead. I'm ripping my shirt off, running around my house, literally going crazy, thinking, man, here we go again. Here we go again. I was wrong, right? I, I was so wrong to doubt our guys. We're going to write the ship in Jacksonville for the third straight season. Let's go. But then we were quickly disabused of that notion, as my wife actually very intelligently told me, hey, don't get too excited yet. Yeah, it's still early. And I'm like, yo, I'm running around my shirt off. Like, who cares? No, we've got this. But no, I was an idiot. Because after that point, after we go up 14-0, we had 30 total offensive yards on six possessions the rest of the first half while Florida on the other hand scored 38 points on 422 yards without punting one time after we go up 14 nothing the rest of the way in that first half now the second half was better defensively we only gave up six points and 155 yards but the damage is already done like clearly the damage is done we weren't coming back from that so Curtis let me just ask you this I mean pretty simply here after we go up 14 nothing I'm running around with my shirt off in the house going crazy what went wrong um, we just didn't execute a single play, and that's what really killed us. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of people trying to g- get angry with Todd Munkin for not running Zeus more and everything like that because he only had seven carries. But the thing is, where where was you know what were we supposed to do to get him the ball when they were stacking the box? We had to throw the ball to loosen up the box, and we just couldn't do it. I thought Todd Munkin did a good job of scheming people open as he has for a majority of the year. And just as it has been the last part of the year, t- can't hit the broadside of the barn. 
Um, right now, Stetson Bennett's not going to hit water if he falls out of a boat. Um, and that's just what it was throughout the rest of the game. You know, people were open, um, and we just didn't do it. Yeah, look, I, and everyone is, is certainly free to feel however you want about any of our guys. And I know right now people are just angry, so they're lashing out at everything. And I get that. I get that. I've been there, guys. I've I've been there. But I, I'm with you, credit on Todd Monk, and I don't. I don't think he – in fact, I think he's one of the few bright spots on our offense right now. I think our offensive line's been playing really well, which I wasn't sure was going to happen the first half the, after the first game, but they've really come on strong. I think they've gotten better every game. I thought they were fine on Saturday. I think Todd Monk, in year, game in and game out all year long, has schemed guys open every single game. I mean, guys are running wide open. I mean, guys in that, in that game against Florida were running wide open that secondary. And I told you guys coming to the game, that Florida secondary is not good. They're not good. There were plays to be made there. The problem is we just don't have the quarterback to consistently make those places. Stetson makes some good plays, sure. The touchdown pass to Rosemey, on the money, great play. Makes some decent plays with his legs. But just there's, you can't leave against a good team like that, against a team like Florida who can score like they can when you, are, again, already operate on such razor-thin offensive margins. You simply cannot miss wide-open guys. You cannot miss those opportunities. You can't have a tight end like Fitzpatrick drop a, a ball that's right in his hands that would be a big play right at the beginning of a drive. You can't have them. So it was not all in the quarterbacks, but you're right. You said execution, Kurt. That's the first thing you said. That's the first thing in my notes here too. Lack of execution. Lack of execution. So after the touchdown, you know, we got 14 nothing. the touchdown pass to Rosemey. And God, poor guy. And this guy's been working so hard. Everything I've heard about him coming out of practice is that he's just working his tail off and he's really been coming on. I just, God, I hated to see that for him. Man, that's tough. But then, you know, Jalen Johnson comes in. You mentioned a walk-on. Jalen Johnson, a walk-on. A walk-on comes in. I mean, he was our third-string guy, third-string guy at the, X, at the X receiver. You know, Pickens is out. Rosemey steps in. You got Jalen Johnson. So we're down to our third-string guy. I mean, the injuries, it's just comical at this point how the injuries are racking up. We are truly the walking wounded out there. But then that next drive, um, so four, ties, four scores go, make it 14-7. Then we come back the next drive. Johnson's open, actually, an accurate pass by Stetson. Now Stetson's are like he hit a separated shoulder. So let's just let's put that out there and say kudos to Stetson Bennett for for fighting like that. I, and, I, and I wouldn't expect anything different from Stetson Bennett. That's the kind of guy this, that he is. I know he gets a lot of grief. No one says good things about him, and, and I get it. I understand why. We've been hard on him too, but that dude fights. Man, he loves Georgia. He fights. He wants to win. And, and I can get behind a guy like that. He's just he's just not he's not a game changer. We 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 know that. But he misses that throw. Uh, then on third down, he drops the snap. It wasn't a bad snap by Trail this time. Stetson just drops the snap. And uh, obviously, had to punt there. Then Florida scores on the next drive, make it 14-14. And you mentioned some people upset about Zemir White. I will say there have been – if there's one criticism for me of Todd Monk, I think is legitimate this year, is I think he has gotten away from the run at times. Uh, I, think, I think our game plan against Kentucky was great. I think that was the right game plan. But I think we got away from the run. And I understand that we were trying to keep pace because Florida – it became a track meet, and we felt like we had to score. But we're not going to score the ball consistently just throwing the ball every down. We don't have that kind of offense. We still need to be able to run the ball and kind of make this a game, uh, shorten the game as much as we possibly could, limit their possessions. And Zamir Wyatt, he had that the touchdown run, obviously, where I made me rip my shirt off. I'm running around my house screaming. And then he had a one-yard carry, I think, on the next drive. But he didn't have after that, he didn't have another carry until 10 minutes ago in the second quarter. You, you said Kurt, seven total carries, I think, was the final tally for him. That's not enough. And I know Floyd got ahead and we were playing coming from behind. I get that. But there's still enough time on the clock for us to run our offense and try to get back into it that way and try to get some stops on defense. Because we did get some stops on defense in the second half. So I think that's one – I will say it's my one slight criticism of him. But, again, but when you're dialing up open guys in the passing game, it's tough to not do that. When, you're, when you see those guys, it's so timid. They're open. They're open. But you also have to realize who you're working with at quarterback. The guys are just not able to consistently 
get the ball to those wide open receivers. It doesn't matter how open they are if the guy can't get the ball to them. And then it became a track meet. It became a track meet. And I told you guys on the on the preview show, that is what we – that was my key to the game, is that we could not fall behind. And we did it early, right? 14 nothing. We, we were playing perfectly for two drives, basically. That, that was what we had to do. And I, I give credit to Todd Monk on that first play of, of scrimmage. And I, I thought when we when he came out there, I'm saying I'm like, man, this is 32, 20, this is 32 per, or 23 personnel. Okay, all right, 23 personnel. Like, what are we? If someone was up, and then of course, you know, he schemes up a nice play. Todd Munkin scheming things up, right, making the, the the most out of a bad situation. But once it became a track meet, and we fell behind like we did, 38, 21. I like get it, it. I knew we had no chance because we, we were not built to do that offensively. We were built to, to play from ahead with the lead, not to come from behind like that. And when it became a track meet, we just didn't have the horses to keep up. And then you have the injuries of wide receiver combined with the deficiencies at quarterback. It just took us out of our game plan, and there was no way we were going to mount that comeback, even though we got some stops in the second half defensively. And I think we also saw yet again that, that defenses don't win championships anymore. I told you guys, like, I was convinced that was the case after the Alabama game. This is just further evidence to me that that's the case, further ingrains that in my DNA at this point. It is now about quarterback play and skill players in the modern college football game. That's what it's about. And Florida just had – better quarterback play, and better skilled players offensively. Now, maybe if all our guys were healthy, that's another story, but they weren't. And that's why Florida won this game. Like, we, I, I think we, had a, we have a better defensive line. We have a better offensive line. We have better linebackers. I think we have, be- I think we have better players in the secondary. The problem is, none of those positions matter as much as quarterback and wide receiver and just skilled players in general offensively. And Florida was just miles better at quarterback and miles better at their skill position in this, at least out wide in this game. And that, that was, that was the difference there. And that, that was the difference. And we just, we couldn't keep up. It's that simple. And Curtis, we have a ton more to talk about a lot more to dig into with this game. Before we move on, I do want to quickly remind everyone about our friends at my bookie late fall college football, the NBA bubble and UFC fight Island. We all know that 2020 has been a year unlike any other, which is kind of why you need a sports book with offers. Unlike any other. If this loss to Florida has you feeling like Georgia season's just down the drain now, we'll get some skin in the game with my bookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with Turkey Day right around the corner, there really is no better time to feast on some NFL action. Whether you're a first-time customer or you've been playing with my bookie for years, it doesn't matter. There is no shortage of value to be found in the literally thousands of game lines crazy unique prop bets and contests they offer every week sign up or get reload today guys find your edge make your bet and get paid it's that easy and my bookie also boasts a fully fledged casino platform giving you access to all the classic table slot and card games you expect to find at your local spot and the best part is at my bookie there's no closing time the doors never close you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. So, guys, it's a no-brainer. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, if you guys use the promo code OVERTIME, you'll get your deposit matched halfway, all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are pretty simple. Even I get it. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already playing to bet this season, it's literally free betting money, guys. Can't beat it. It's winning season in my bookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. And offensively, so offensively, yeah, we were a disaster. We know that. But like we knew that coming in. But defensively, yet again, Curtis, we got torched by an elite offense. So, Kurt, what do you chalk that up to? Was it the injuries in this game, or is it something deeper than that? Um, the one, I mean, 
the one thing that really bothered me the most was just the wheel routes, how people were going uncovered, the linebackers and, and the safeties. I don't know what it was, but continuously could not fix that. And I think that's what was the most frustrating to me is throughout the entire game, it was the same thing over and over, and we just couldn't stop it. Well, they were getting picked. I mean, Florida – this is what I told you guys in the, in the preview show, is that they're, they're, they're an elite offense like Alabama's offense, but they do it differently. It's not necessarily about having guys that always win on the outside. Now, Kyle Pitts can win outside and Kadarius Tony. It's those two guys. But they're like, you know, Grimes is fine, Shorter's fine, like Copeland's fine, but they scheme guys open, and they and they use a ton of picks. I told you guys, what, it was going to be picks galore. And sometimes they're legal, sometimes they're not. Some of the times, some of them that we got caught up on were illegal picks. So they were clearly not running routes, just running right into our defenders. Sometimes it was a legal pick, and we just couldn't get around it. We, we went under the, under the pick for some reason, which is cardinal sin number one. When they're running wheel routes, why on earth are you going under the pick? That makes absolutely zero sense we are a much better coach team than that we know better than that and there are plays where we just didn't even pick up the running back like we're just like there was a play quay walker in the game just just didn't cover anybody he was just like looking the backfield poor eye discipline and uh just hesitating and just has this guy run wide open and so like i i to me it was about execution also in the, on that side of the ball like the injuries didn't help don't don't get me wrong. Are we a better defense with Rich LeCount and Jordan Davis in the game? Of course. Obviously, we're better defense with those guys in the game. We've got three, three defense alignment now that hurts your depth. And Richard's the leader of the defense back there. Monty's still not 100%. He, Monty hasn't really practiced in like three, four weeks. He's in a boot all week, and he just toughs it out and goes in the game. So got to give him some props there. But he's not 100%. I mean, there's no way he is. Uh, but uh, the injuries don't help. But like, I'm not sure Chris Smith or Major Burns got exposed in this game. Like, I don't think they were the issue. I, I do think the defensive line injuries hurt the depth, but Florida still didn't run the ball with a lot of success, and they averaged under three yards a carry. They did enough in the run game, but that's not where they really hurt us. But I should go back to what I, what I said a few minutes ago. Guys, it's, it's an offensive game now. It doesn't matter how good you are on defense anymore. Elite offenses with good play, play callers and elite skill talent are going in an awesome quarterback play are going to win more often than not with the explosion in both offensive innovations over the past couple of years and all the rule changes over the past five years or so. I mean, just here's case in point. Yet again, Tyson Campbell in the touchdown catch by Kyle Pitts, he's in an extraordinarily good position to make that play. He could not be in better position. What he was doing in that play, he was playing the back shoulder. Because guys, watch the tape. I told you this on the preview show. Kyle Pitts is a back shoulder player. Like that's what they want to do. His big body, he wants to, he wants to box you out of his body and go back shoulder on you. So Campbell's taking that away. But you have a good quarterback that can read that. He goes over the top, and you got a six foot six tight end that's a, essentially a wide receiver. He's going to make that play, and, and, and it doesn't matter what Tyson Campbell's doing there. Whatever he does, he's going to be wrong. And they have the quarterback and the and the pass catchers to execute that. We don't have that right now, and they did. So it, it's like I don't, I I know it sucks, but offensive I mean, football in this day and age, often uh, at least at the college level, has become just about. Can you score an elite level, and can you get more stops than the other team? Can you stop the other team just a time or two more than they stop you? That's what it's all about. But, I mean, so, like, there are plays that they just beat us, and they just beat us, and, man, they're just better. But we also had some breakdowns, bad eye discipline, which I told you guys, is, I've been telling you all year has been a problem. Go back to the Arkansas game, that big touchdown that Richard LeCount gave in the first half. That was eye discipline. And on some of the wheel routes, our eyes in the wrong place. We were hesitating, just not seeing your man at times. Mark Webb on one play, just on a touchdown catch, just didn't see his man at all. Guy went, runs open, gets a touchdown. Just didn't, just didn't cover him. Uh, and then we had some unfortunate things happen too. Yeah, guys fall down at the wrong time. There's a play, and Kirby mentioned this. I saw in the game, and I'm glad Kirby mentioned it in the post game press conference. Tyree Stevenson was ready to make a pick on a play. He just falls down over Kyle Pitts, and 
didn't um and then goes for a big play just just <laughs> things like that happen and there were a couple plays where we got illegally picked but that happens it happens we got to be able to score to keep up with that but for me i'll say i'll go back to this real quick two takeaways here for our defense number one you just offensively, we have to be able to score to complement the defense. You no longer, When you play an elite offense, you're not going to shut them down. Now, our defense is good enough to shut down teams like Kentucky and in Auburn and Tennessee. Like We can stop those teams, and, and we, we, we look elite. But when you play the elite offenses, you're not going to hold them to three points. You're not going to hold them to ten points. They're going to get theirs. They're going to score. So you have to be able to score in return and just be able to stop them a few more times they stop you. I mean, guys, look at the clemson Notre Dame game. I know it went to double overtime, but it was 33-33 going into overtime ends up being 47 40 guys no team's defense will give up like 250 yards a game going that game but dj Uyunglele threw for like almost 450 because they're elite they're really good doesn't matter how good your defense is you just have to get one or two more stops in the other team and Notre Dame did that and we just haven't figured that out and here's the other thing that i'm taking away from this game the only way to really slow down an offense with a good quarterback and elite skill players is to pressure them with four to get an, a, a natural four-man pass rush on standard downs that's the kryptonite for these elite offenses. That's the way you you get them off track and you 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 give them issues. I mean, look at that game, the Notre Dame versus Clemson game, right? So Notre Dame scores go up 47-40 in double overtime. Clemson gets the ball back second in double overtime. But why were they not able to score? Because Notre Dame was able to get a pass rush. They got two sacks to start off that drive, that final drive. Did they, did they do that all game? No. But they had guys that could rush the passer when they needed to to get after him with a four-man rush. We don't have that. We just don't rush the passer well on standard downs we don't have those dominant one-on-one pass rushers as these ojalari is really good but he's not a dominant one-on-one pass rusher he's not a chase young kind of guy he's just not that kind of guy now he plays better against the run he's more of an all-around player but as a pure pass rusher he's not that guy and adam anderson is probably the one true elite pass rusher we have like he and, and maybe Nolan Smith can become that too i think he's not the athleticism to do that but anderson just doesn't play in those standard down situations i mean adam anderson has played 23 snaps combined over the last three games after playing 51 snaps the first three games i know part of that was because jermaine johnson was injured a little bit there he was banged up but anderson's the only guy that can truly rush the passer an elite level from a, uh, on standard downs just get after him and we need to play him more. That's my opinion. We need to play more. I know he's a liability against the run, but teams aren't beating us with the run, guys. We have other guys who can compensate for that. We need to get guys out there that can rush the passer and just wreck game plans. And he's one of the few guys that we have that can do that with a natural pass rush. But I think that's like that's why recently we haven't been able to hang in these matchups against lead offenses, number one, because we haven't been able to score to keep up with them. And number two, we just can't, can't disrupt them with a pass rush. So you look at LSU last year in the, in the title game, Alabama this year, Florida now. That's the problem. We can't rush the passer consistently because that's to to disrupt them, and we can't score to keep up with them. So that's kind of where I am with this game. I, I, I'm sure there's a lot more to talk about, but that's this game. If you guys have any more specific questions about that game, feel free to send them to us. But for now, I want to spend the remainder of this episode, Curtis, taking a look at the bigger picture, particularly in reference to the quarterback position, because that's where all the consternation is, pretty clearly here. And everyone got their wish. Stetson got benched. Dwan Mathis got his his second shot. But he didn't fare much better as our quarterbacks combined to go 9 for 29 for 112 total yards passing, 3.9 yards per attempt. Oh, guys, I think I could literally go out there and throw for 3.9 yards per attempt. I think I could. Two touchdowns, three interceptions against guys, really a bad Florida secondary. They're not even good. It's a bad Florida secondary, and we put up those kind of numbers. So, Kerr, a couple of questions here. Let's take this in a couple of different directions to see where we end up here. Was it the right move to bench Stetson and go with, with Dewan Mathis in the second half? I mean, at that point, what'd you have to lose? We Our offense had nothing going, no energy. You know, he talked about when he first brought in Stetson was 
um, against Arkansas was trying to make something happen. And I think that's what you saw Saturday also. You know, we were sputtering and we're just trying to get some new type of life. So I, I get it. Yeah, I get it. I, mean, I told you guys, I mean, 30 yards after the first, after we go up 14, I think 30 yards, the remainder of the first half on six possessions. I mean, that was worse than Mathis's performance in, against Arkansas. <laughs> and and I know there's been a lot of people, I am curious to get your take on this curse. And I think this is a fair criticism. So we, we were willing to pull Mathis after six drives against Arkansas. I think it was six drives. But yet we give Stetson, I mean, how many quarters of poor play before we, we pull him again? Like, what do you make of that? Like, of Kirby being so willing in, to pull the quick trigger on on Mathis, yet giving Stetson such a long leash? I don't know. I think you're in a lose lose battle because they're both pretty close to garbage. <sighs> Strong words. This is that, I ha- that we have to watch football. I mean, you can almost watch Maction during the week and those quarterbacks to go out there and do better than what we have. And, th- and that's a sad statement where we're at right now. Oh, there are quarterbacks in the Sunbelt Conference. There's quarterbacks in the American Conference that I would take over our situation right now. Shoot, like, I would take ooh. high school seniors over the, who we have right now. <laughs> Jake Garcia? Yeah. I mean, I mean Brock Manigriff? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's that bad. Like, it's like we're playing with scrub. I, I'm not trying to be I, – I know it, I love the University of Georgia, and these guys are – it's not that they're not trying and everything, but it's just a sad statement that those right now are our two top options. It's – um. It's something. It's something. I mean, man. I'd even go back to the Grayson Lambert days before with these two. I would take Grayson Lambert right now. I I would walk over fiery coals and glass to get Grayson Lambert right now, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, that's how bad bad it is right now. Hey, Bryce Ramsey. Like, I mean, wouldn't Bryce Ramsey be an upgrade over this right now? I mean, someone who could at least complete the ball. I mean, not, I mean, you saw why, why maybe Juwan hadn't been given the job also because – you know, he didn't have a separated AC shoulder, and yet he still couldn't hit the broad side of the barn either. His was even worse. Like, he doesn't even see the field. He just tries to throw the ball as far as he can to where literally no one catches it. Like, sometimes you just see him hurl the ball, and you don't – you just kind of wonder what was going through your head. I, 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 I agree with that. I know what you're talking about. I think one of them was a fourth down play. But I think – do you think – like, the situation that Mathis was put in, is that really a fair situation for us to make declarative judgments on – how good he can or cannot be considering the situation he was put in in that game? I think it is because the guys were open. It's not like they were being clamped down on and the plays weren't there to be made. He was literally just missing wide open people left and right also. Yeah, Stetson was not hitting guys that were open. He had a couple, but not enough. Uh, Mathis, yeah, was missing guys. And there was, he did the same thing. I, maybe it was the first drive he came in. Did you catch this curse on it? Was it, it was third or whatever? He ran out of bounds early. Yep. He ran out of bounds a yard early. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, dude. Yeah. I, I, I know, I know, I know you had a brain injury, man, and I cannot even begin to fathom what that is like and what that does to your psyche. I, who am I to say? But all I'm saying, man, you got to put your, you got you to dive. Like there was, a, there was a window for him, a little room, a scene for him to just dive forward and get the first down. Were you going to take a little bit of a hit? Yeah, a little bit of a hit. But it's football, man. It is a contact sport. I know you're a quarterback, and, and you got rocked in the first week against Arkansas by bumper pool. I get it, man. I know you don't want to get hit. I understand that. You're probably coached not get hit. But in that situation, when you're down, you're trying to mount a comeback, every yard counts. And I know we end up getting the fourth down. I get it. But we might not have gotten that fourth down. There's been plenty of games this year where we haven't gotten the fourth and one. I mean, look at look at Tennessee twice in that game. You got to put your shoulder down and get that. And, that. and that's how you rally a team around you. That's leadership. That's part of being a leader. Look at Stetson against Arkansas, right? Putting your body on the line. Yeah, and I got to say, the one thing that really bothered me about Mathis, too, was just the way he was pouting on the sidelines. 
I don't know what to make of that. Is it possible that's just his personality and not well, him? Well, that's pouting? your personality. I see why the team responded better when Stetson was play, put in at, at quarterback because it's hard to have your guy, your your quarterback out there leading the team when you're pouting like that. Yeah, it's it's not the the what you want to see out of a quarterback. I mean, he's an awkward, gangly kind of guy. Maybe he just has that kind of awkward personality, that aloof personality. But like, but that's part of being a leader. Like, you can't, like, you have to kind of overcome that a little bit in order to, to lead the team. I'm not saying you can't lead the team with that kind of personality. And maybe, maybe it is him pouting. I don't know. The body language isn't great. I, I do agree with that. But part of me thinks it's just because I think that's just his personality. Potentially, I don't know. I don't know the I don't know the kid at all. So, but I just I mean, just putting that out there. But yeah, I mean, I mean, he's missing guys that are open. He's not ready. He's not ready. Like, here's what we know: Stetson Bennett is not a game changer. He's decent, steady-ish enough. Not a game changer. Not good enough to win a title in the SEC. Mathis is not ready to be a game changer. He's right now. He is not a game changer. He might have the ability to grow into that, but he is not there right now. We did put him in a bad position coming in down so much, and we had to throw the ball. We, we kind of abandoned the run. I wish we would have run the ball. We we did go back to the run a little bit when he came into the game. We did a little bit. But it was a bad position. They were kind of pinning their ears back and coming after him. I get that. But you're right. He made some poor decisions, just throwing the ball up for grabs, poor fundamentals, poor technique. I mean, just not even setting his feet, missing guys that are open down the field. Just yeah, not, you not had, even really had close. Darnell Washington streaking down the field wide open, just yeah. throws it, instead throws it 10 yards over the other guy's head. I mean, there were at least three, maybe uh, as many as four or five touchdowns that we had dialed up between Stetson and Dewan that just weren't made. And I'm, I'm saying, I think I'm like Kyle Trask, like if he's our quarterback, he, he probably hits those throws. And those are probably touchdowns, but, and that's the difference in the game. Their quarterback, when their guys, when they scheme their guys open, which they did, they did a good job of scheming guys open. That's what they do. And when they were open, Trask hit them. Like Trask is not dynamic, but Trask does a really good job. He's got great skill players around him. And he's, a, he's got a great coaching staff that really schemes it up well for him. And he's smart. He puts the ball in the money. He doesn't throw the ball down the field. They didn't throw the ball down the field that much on us guys. They just schemed up and it had some big explosive plays, but it wasn't like he was throwing the ball 60 yards down the field. I told you guys, that's not what he does, but he's good in what they do. And I'm sitting here thinking, man, if, if he was our quarterback, he probably hits those throws. He hits at least couple, you know 75% of them. And those touchdowns, that might be the difference in the game right there. We didn't hit them. And uh, that that's a problem. That That's obviously a problem. But I, I just, like Mathis, do you think he's the answer, Kurt? Can he be the answer? Um, maybe give him 20 years to develop. Yeah, but not anytime soon. Um, t- 20 years might be a little much. I don't think he's ready right now. He's not ready right now. I'm not ready to give up on him, but he's, I mean, if you can't, the thing right is, now. the thing is when you can't even throw a ball to give your guy a chance to make a play, then you're, there's plenty of guys out there that have strong arms, but that's not what makes you a good quarterback. And he just has not put it together. Yeah. He's got the physical tools. He's got the skills that you see it, and you see him do some good things. It's just, it's not, he just seems like it's, He's overwhelmed out there. Do you get that feeling when you watch him play? Yeah, a hundred percent. It's just too fast for him. Yeah, and I know it's. We're talking a very small sample size. We didn't see what well, we saw. A couple of six drives against Arkansas. Saw a handful of drives against Florida. So a very small sample size. And again, I'm always hesitant to make these declarative judgments and draw these these hard conclusions. But based off what we've seen from him, like he just seems completely overwhelmed. In over his head is another good way to say it, Kurt. Yeah, you're right about that. He's just not ready. He's just not ready. And a lot of guys at that stage in their career are not ready either, guys. He missed all of last year. Let's not forget that. I mean, he's a baby out there. A lot of them aren't ready. But I think if if you're pinning your hopes on Dwan Mathis rest this way this season, I don't I don't know if he's the answer. And like, and we and I I'd advocate for him to get another shot too. I didn't know if he was going to be the answer, but I, I had been advocating for him to get another shot too on social media on this show. 
And uh, we got a shot, and I think we got our answer that that maybe like Curtis. I mean, like, let me just ask you this before I go on to like what what do we look like the rest of the way? How would you assess how Kirby Smart has handled the quarterback position this year? How much of this do you put on him? Because the people are angry with him right now. Uh, the people are ripping him. How much? Like, how do you think he has handled this? Is it really all on him? not all on him but i i mean it's just hard because people were complaining about why mathis hadn't been playing well now mathis goes out there and you kind of see why he hasn't been given as many opportunities um just the frustrating thing is that i put it on him for getting us into this situation i mean i know with the um newman stuff opting out but even then the fact that you had to try to find a grad transfer is a problem in its own right that's fair that is fair I would say in some ways I think that Kirby Smart this season. Now, in other seasons, he, you can say he's made his own bed at the quarterback position, whether it was with Fields and and, and from and that whole nine yards, whatever it was, not bringing another quarterback in earlier, like you know, math is not hitting or whatever, whatever it might be. But think about it. In some, in some ways, he's been somewhat a victim of circumstance. I know the Fields thing is the big glaring elephant in the room. I get that. But Dwan Mathis comes in. He basically loses a year of development because he has a brain – situation Kirby Smart can't predict that he goes out and gets the best grad transfer on the market in Jamie Newman and then he opts out Kirby Smart can't predict that COVID is going to happen that Newman is going to opt out like that he's a victim of circumstance there and then you go out and you get JT Daniels to, to be your backup plan your fallback plan and you had no idea how botched the first surgery went and how many complications he was having you knew maybe he wasn't 100% ready yet but you probably didn't know the the amount of complications he was having with that knee again kind of a victim of circumstance there so then you have okay who, who, who do we have left okay well you got Dwan mathis who's probably got the highest upside of the guys that are available you got carson beck who i still think he'd be a good quarterback but he's a brand new quarterback in the system just got here didn't have spring practice was on campus but didn't have spring practice and you got sets of bennett who's kind of like a version a, a slightly lesser version of jake Fromm, maybe uh, there's a, maybe a less experienced version of Jake Fromm, more athletic but less experienced version of Jake Fromm. Those are the three guys you got to work with. And so you're making an, a, an assessment here, like, okay, I'm picking between these three guys. So I don't think Beck's ready. Then you start Mathis because you think, you know, you know, you need to become more dynamic offensively. You think, you know, what I had heard is that Mathis was not accurate in practice, making some poor decisions, but Kirby wanted to give him a shot, see if he could maybe strike lightning in a bottle and that kind of thing, capture lightning in a bottle. It didn't work out against Arkansas, so who do you have to go to? Well, the only other option you really had to go to is Stetson Bennett, and 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 that's and we, we how, how many weeks in Rutgers have we heard Kirby say we think Stetson Bennett gives us the best chance to win? Well, and the, the, here, the only thing that you know I texted you and it bothers me the most is he's trying to say that they the two that we've played have the best body of work out there. Yeah, he finally admits that Stet, um, JT had a lot more reps and sets and, and scrimmages and things like that. So I just don't get where the experience part is now. Well, yeah, and, and whose fault is it that they have more of a body of work? It's, well, I guess you could argue it's your fault because you haven't given those guys as much work. Okay, here's what I, I – I, I mean, here's the thing, too. You knew what you had with these guys. At this point, what did you have to lose to try to get Daniels more reps and practice and things like that? All right, so here – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there. I'd heard I'd, – I'd been told by somebody um, about two weeks ago that Daniels just wasn't healthy, and I didn't run with it on this show because – Source wasn't super close to the program, and he'd been wrong before. We've been right before. We've been wrong before. So I didn't, I didn't want to put it out there. But I, uh, asking around after the game, um, got some more information that backs up what I had heard a couple weeks ago from my previous source, 
And uh, this information comes from someone very, very, very close to the situation. Let me just say that. Very close. And, and I know I hate like throwing oh, sources say I get that, guys. I, I, I can't put out there who it is. But it's someone very close to the situation who would know. Let me just say that. Who would know? And what I was told is that JT Daniels is – he's not healthy. He, he And there's a chance that he might not ever really recover to the – extent that he needs to recover to be a, a big time quarterback. And, and no one knows that for sure, but the, the knee injury is more significant than our coaching staff anticipated and knew about. And he he's cleared to play, but it's just like, he's not, he's a, not back to where he was. He's not even close to where he was prior to the injury. Now, maybe even if he isn't hundred percent back to where he was, maybe he's still a best option. I don't know, but that's what I've been told. I have that on pretty good authority right now. It's from someone I would trust that would know that. So, and I, I've been because I've been saying like I don't know I don't know what's going on with JT Daniels I don't understand and it just didn't make sense it didn't make sense this guy if he's healthy is clearly better than Stetson Bennett it's clearly a better option than Dwan Mathis clearly so it just didn't make it didn't fit it didn't make sense so it, I think it's the obvious answer and I've got that on pretty good authority now so I'm just I'm gonna run with that and, and just put that out there so Kurt let me let me just ask you this like if if it is if JT indeed is not healthy where do we go? F- from here at quarterback the rest of the way this season? What do we do? Uh, pretty much it's just an, it's a, another wasted last couple weeks of the season. It's not like these guys – I mean, if they're our future, we're screwed. Our future is not very bright in general. So at this point, it's just a wasted couple weeks. Yeah, and look – Because you can't build on – what is there to build on other than making garbage more garbage? I think it depends on what kind of offense you want to run. If we're going to run the kind of offense that we ran against Kentucky, where we're running the ball seventy five percent of the time, then Dewan Mathis is your guy. He makes sure your running game more dynamic. Just use him as a runner. Just use him as an extension of the run game. If you're going to do that, then let's go. Uh, especially with some of the injuries we have a receiver right now. If Pitt, who knows when, like, and what happened with you guys aren't don't know what happened with Pickens. He was lifting weights during the bye week and hurt his pec, hurt his chest, and that's that's the upper extremity injury that he's dealing with. That's what he's been dealing with, and that's just another. F- Freak accident, man. It's just like, oh my God. It's just not, I, I don't believe in the whole not meant to be thing, but maybe I do now. I don't, it's just like, it's, it's a comedy of injuries at this point. Um, so if he's not healthy, Rosemary's not healthy. Is Jalen Johnson the walking going to start this week? I, I, maybe. I, <laughs> so like, why are we even going to try to throw the football with our quarterback situation, receiver situation? Why are we even trying to throw the football? Uh, why don't we just come out and go with 32, 23 personnel every time, like we did in the first half against, against Kentucky, or at least 12 personnel every or against our, Florida. At least 12 personnel. I don't know. Um, but I would love to say, hey, let's open up the competition. Like on, on some level, Curtis, do you want us to do that? Do you want Kirby to come out and say on Mondays in his press conference, say, hey, we're opening up the quarterback competition this week? Do you want to hear him say that? He can open it up all he wants, but we have who we have. Yeah. Exactly. We have who we have. And also just from a practical standpoint, I know because I've heard people tell me that and I get it. And like, and, and I was kind of saying, I was agreeing with this last night in the heat of the moment. Now I think about it, like practically speaking, like, okay, yeah, it's great to say, let's open the competition, have an open competition this week going into the game. But how do you do that in a game week when you have to get somebody ready to play? There's only so many reps to go around. So if you're splitting the, the first team reps three ways, are any of them going to be ready to play against Missouri? Because, like, Missouri, they're not great, but they can beat us if we are screwed around and, and don't have a quarterback ready to play. Well, all so, I know is we we have been trying to get guys ready to play and give them probably a majority of the snaps, and it hasn't helped us any either. True. That's true, too. Whatever we've been doing hasn't been working, clearly. What about Carson Beck, Curtis? This is the one guy that you and I have not talked about much on this show. At this point, I'm almost ready to say, because I know he, what I've heard behind the scenes, that he's making progress. He made the trip to Kentucky. He's been getting some reps for the second team. He's really been coming on in practice. 
are you ready to say that, like, okay, we, we've seen what we've got in, in, in Bennett. We know he's not good enough to, to, to get us where we want to go. Mathis doesn't seem like he's ready. I think we've maybe seen enough there. But we haven't seen Carson Beck. Are you ready to just say, let's give Carson Beck a chance and just see what he can do? I mean, at this point, yes, because I honestly already feel like the last couple games are a lost cause. I mean, I'm not saying that we'll lose, but it's just a waste. Like, you're not going to be able to build an identity and stuff, so what do you have to lose? Yeah, I mean, here's what's going to happen, guys. We're going to go 8-2. and two. We're going to end up in the Peach Bowl, and that's going to be our season. It's a nice, solid season. Most teams would kill for a season like that, but that's not where our program is. Our program – Kirby, say what you want about Kirby Smart, guys, and he deserves some criticism with how the quarterback situation has gone. I, I, I'm with you on that. But he's gotten our program to the point where weeks – where now 8-2 and two seasons are like we feel like the bomb has fallen out. We feel like you – know, people are starting to talk about like coaching changes after an eight and, a potential 8-2 and two season because we should win these last four games. Uh, the way the schedule set up, we, I mean, we should, we're better than all these teams. We, we can win with this old school formula. These are the kind of teams that we can beat with the old school formula Bama used all those years because we're just better than them. They don't have those elite offenses. But, you know, I mean, eight and two is a good season by most measures, but it's just not for us. It's not where we need to be. And that's why, and, and, and that's Kirby, and that's thanks to Kirby Smart. So let's just put that out there. I know people are all upset with him, and I get it. And I think there's some, a lot of fair criticism. But he's the one that's gotten us to this point where we're all freaking out over what's going to probably be an eight and two season and a New Year Six Bowl berth. It's not good enough. We got to win the big one. We got to get over the hump. Of course, we know that. But Kirby Smart is the one that's created those expectations for us. Let's just at least put that in perspective. I, I want to put that out there. But I'm with you, Curtis. I, I right now, like Stetson, honestly, might not be healthy enough to play. I know it's 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 a separation, so it's more of a pain tolerance thing. But I do think that impacted his play after he he got hit. Like, don't you agree, Curtis? That probably impacted his play. Yeah, because I mean. The, his inaccuracy was so bad that it's not. It was unlike him because the balls yeah. weren't getting bad. He didn't. The balls weren't getting batted down this time. So, yeah, it, it wasn't that. It was just he was being. And so those were easy throws to the Stetson makes. Those were, those were throws the Stetson normally makes. Some of them were not throws that that, that were down that were down the field. Are throws that he hasn't he, that he has struggled with throughout the year. But that one to Jalen Johnson where he just throws it way wide. Like no, Stetson Bennett makes that throw nine times out of ten. So I think that impacted him. So he might not be healthy. I I just. Maybe we just go with Dwan Mathis, try to get him some reps to see, you know, maybe if he can develop. But at this point, honestly, let's just I'm 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 all in. Let's just try Carson Beck just to see. Because <laughs> like I think we're good enough to 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 beat these teams, even if we don't have great quarterback play. And like just give him a shot to see what we have in him. Because we, we give the other two guys a shot. We see what we have in them. I don't think Daniels is an option right now. I really don't. And if, if Beck doesn't work out, then we can revert back to something. We can, re- we can revert back to Stetson if he's healthy or put Mathis back in there if it doesn't go up. I think at least give him a shot. But when has Kirby ever given any, any indication he would do something like that? Uh, I don't know. We haven't seen that. Maybe this loss woke him up, but uh, we have not seen that. But all right, guys, that does it for us here today on the Glory UGA podcast. We made it through. Wasn't easy, but we made it through. We got to the end here. And obviously, we have just begun to dig into the aftermath of this game and where we are as a program right now and what we need to be doing, what we can expect the rest of the way. There's a lot more meat left on that bone. So if you have any questions on anything that we did not get a chance to talk about today, anything that we did not get a chance to get to before we had to get out of here, please send those to us on social media. You can hit us up on Twitter at glory underscore UGA. You can DM us. You can just send us a straight up tweet. You can also email us at gloryugapodcast at gmail.com if social media is not exactly your thing, which I totally get. 
I don't necessarily love social media myself, but kind of have to do it if you have a podcast like this. It's also a, a, a great chance for us to interact with all of you awesome listeners. That's what I do love, but I just don't love the trolls and all that stuff that goes along with it. But love you guys for sure. So let us know what you guys want to talk about the rest of the week. If you have any questions, definitely let us know, and we will try to include as many of them as we possibly can on this week's mailbag episode. But thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for toughing it out with us. And we will keep digging into where this program is right now on the Mailbag Show later on this week before we start looking ahead to next week's game against the Missouri Tigers. I know in the aftermath of a game like this, a big important game that we end up losing and it's just not looking great. And I know no one really is worried about what comes next. But I'm excited to go to Columbia, Missouri. It's my favorite non-Athens college town. It's always my favorite road trip that Georgia fans get to make each, well, I guess every other year. So I'm excited to get to Columbia Get to go to Booches and Harpo's and just get to take in some of the great places in one of the most underrated college towns in America. Certainly, I think the most underrated college town in the SEC. So that'll be fun. I know it's not going to mean as much as it would have if we had beaten Florida. But hey, the dogs are still playing and we only get so many of these a year. So I'll be there cheering my head off like I always am. I know things haven't gone the way we all wanted it to so far this season, but... We've got to stay behind this team and stay behind this program and keep moving forward and just hope that we make the necessary adjustments and changes offensively to get us where we need to go. And uh, just find a quarterback, man. Just find a solution at quarterback. We find the answer at quarterback. I think we're fine. I think we've got a good offensive coordinator. We're getting the skill talent. We have a bunch of young receivers who are still growing. And if we can just get that quarterback situation fixed, which I don't know. We'll see how that that works out. But if we can just get that fixed, I think we'll be fine. We'll be fine. It's just... uh, I don't know if that's going to happen this year. But anyway, guys, obviously we have a lot more time to talk about all that stuff. Thanks for listening. For Curtis, I'm Tyler. And as always, Go dogs. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.